The only thing to remember is to just talk into the microphone. Make sure that you're like in, pretend there's like a little, there's like a butt right here in front of the microphone. You want to be close enough to lick, but like just, you're like edging. Don't, don't lick don't the lick. actual microphone, please. Um, it is not an actual asshole as much as I'm sure you would love that. Stefan, what is your safe word? My safe word is. In, into the microphone, into, into the, they lick it. Oh, oh I heard that. <laughs> uh, what's your safe word? Uh, based off the Big Mouth episode we just watched, let's go with Crimson Tide. Big Mouth season, whatever. Wow. Welcome back. Speaking of big mouths, I'm here today with a lovely guest, a friend of the show. Actually, the very first guest of the actual show back in the day when we first started it. You remember that? In my little tiny room. That was the one that popped your podcast, Cherry? No, no, no. Not the first podcast, but the first guest on oh, the podcast. Okay. Um, also, you're a wonderful guest, but you got to hear it. Let's move over yeah. here. Does that... Does that we're having some technical difficulties. Um, the they're mic. named Stefan. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the show, Stefan. Welcome, show. Hi. No, I'm that's Stephen. where you say hi. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Hi, how are you doing, Amp? I'm good. Uh, for people that don't know, Stefan's been on the YouTube a few times. What, there was a Jeopardy episode. I there don't know. Was... I just remember I won every game. It was Jeopardy. Did you? Oh, you did. I think it was you Will did. of Fortune, the unreleased charades episode you know what i actually started looking at that there is a uh this is exclusive to the podcast for anyone that cares about youtube um we did right around the time that we started suing youtube we did a, a kinky triple x charades with stefan and christopher so it was just too the hot of us. for youtube and at the time i at the time again at the time my lawyer was kind of like ooh, i think we could do it now because i actually started looking at the footage and editing it a little bit so Maybe we'll have you back on the show at some point. We should do reshoots like the Justice League. Um, we'll, make I, it, we'll make it even more hot for Facebook. Uh, well, are you are you going to grow like a, a gigantic beard so there's inconsistencies between the shoot or something? Yeah, you could edit it out in post, right? Or ooh, I could shave. That would be terrible. Oh, I forget if I have facial hair. Anyway, this is an odd start to the show. Stefan, welcome to the show. Stefan, can you tell everyone who you are if they don't know who you are? Sure. Uh, I am Stefan. Uh, <laughs> uh, I used to do porn as Blue Bailey. I still sell my smut sometimes online when Ooh. I remember to post things. Oh, uh, it's, it's hard. It's hard. It's a struggle. And I also opened up my own law practice specializing in cannabis entertainment yesterday. Congratulations. Very nice. Um, so some people probably don't know all of that. Um, what have you been doing since the last show? You, you started your own business so how's that going it's going well uh we just opened officially yesterday uh the law office of stefan ferris at stephanferrislaw.com uh plug it plug it i have no plug in no <laughs> plug <laughs> it up oh. plug it up oh sorry i had to throw in a carry reference after that episode so we just watched big mouth which if you if you want to talk about sex and sex education it was very that period show, positive that, they, that show has a lot of blood and I appreciate the messages they're sending, but I could do with less blood. Um, anyway, what sex education, what a segue. Welcome to What's Your Safe Word, the sex education podcast that's got a few kinks. Today I'm joined by my friend Stefan, fellow sex positive person, fellow Mr. Friendly, fellow slut. I mean, what, what other acronyms or terms? I think you covered most of them. Oh, okay, good. Um, because today we wanted to talk about a topic that is topical. I, I mean, like an ointment, exactly like an ointment. Um, no, Ooh, uh, can canceled, <laughs> canceled. Uh, today we want to talk about cancel culture. So, what was it? A week and a half ago? Two weeks? Uh, when did we do that? Something like that. I think two weeks is pretty good. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, everyone knows in-person events canceled talking about canceling. literally canceled. literally canceled. <laughs> we have seen the manifestation of cancel culture in 2020 and so we were doing an online show for claw which is an event that usually happens every every year obviously not happening this year and we did a class specifically on cancel culture because we live on the internet we love taylor swift and no <laughs> I mean, one of us. Why are you always Swift. bringing up Taylor Swift, Amp? Aren't there more important social issues wow. to focus on? Wow. Um, considering who's on the show today, Taylor Swift is like the only thing you talk about sometimes. That's pretty good. Am I wrong? Have you Am seen her new Apple TV No, special? I haven't. And case in point, canceled. No. Uh, but we wanted to talk about cancel culture because, was it your idea or my idea? 
I don't even remember whose idea it was, but it was very on our minds. I don't remember. We should, we came up with this like over a year ago because we were planning it when Claw was supposed to be in April. Correct. And I think we decided to do it like last December. Oof. Yeah. It's been a minute. And then the virtual events just kept on getting, we kept on pushing it back and back. And Wow. Yeah. No, it's been a while. Anyway, we wanted to talk about it because it's something that people don't talk about the ramifications of all the time, but I feel like everyone is constantly involved in. Wouldn't you say like people are involved in the cancel culture, whether you're canceling someone or not, you're reading the tags, you're reading the news, you're keeping up on the gossip. Like that's why some people enjoy that, that kind of mentality, I think. Yeah. I think there's like a certain excitement to it. It's kind of like a being part of the moment or part of pop culture is like what's going on. I know talking to the mic. You're fine. You're fine. I'm, I'm going to just throw the microphone in your face like a dick. So just keep talking and if you guys hear a bunch of slobber or like, yeah, sucking sounds, Stefan's getting really excited and that's uh, not my fault. I guess that kind of leads to the next question is what is cancel culture? We haven't really explained it. Like that's, that's the topic of today's episode. Welcome. I hope you're ready for something insightful and hopefully something that makes you think because this is a complicated topic. If I, if I do say so myself, we taught an hour and a half or something class on it. There's a lot to it. But Stefan, do you want to kind of just explain what cancel culture is in like the simplest terms? In the simplest terms, uh, sure. Canceling or cancel culture, formerly known as call it culture, uh, is online canceling, vilifying, and ostracizing of prominent members of the community to other members of the community. Sure. And I think the most prominent of cancelized, cancelized, cancel spaces. Cancel spaces. Uh, yeah. The place that people get canceled the most. Um, you see it on Twitter. You don't see it too much on Instagram unless someone's being real stupid with, with their picture um, or their caption. That, or like the gays that post like insightful captions, but it's just them in like their jockstrap. You're in a jockstrap. Yeah, you're not special. Again, you're in a jockstrap. No, I'm kidding. It's either insightful captions or Taylor Swift lyrics. Canceled. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying you can't post pictures in your jock straps and be self-referential and like funny but sometimes i don't think that they're being funny i think they really think that they are like solving cancer with some of their quotes and captions that they put under those jock strap photos but aren't we anyway so we talked about cancel culture to the class with kind of our perspective of like the social media gaze and i don't mean gay a y s i mean like our view well at points we meant gay yes also that well yeah, james charles did come up um, we actually watched to, to like study for it and honestly helped to make the foundation of our, uh, video. Uh, we watched ContraPoints. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Yeah. Which ContraPoints has an incredibly, how would you describe it, Stefan? Uh, well, the person drank a lot. <laughs> yes. Every, gotcha. every scene was them pouring a new... Uh -huh liquor yeah, into she, something fun she, a contrapoints by the way is a, a trans woman um who does like insightful uh commentary pieces sometimes or like philosophical pieces around trans issues but not always um just as like a background um but she did drink a lot in that video <laughs> uh but what i liked is that it really broke down like what cancel culture is and we're gonna get into it in a little bit, but like the tropes cancel culture and yeah. how it manifests and basically brought up a bunch of different like situations where cancel culture manifested and explained both sides of it. Yeah. And I think she does a good job of, of doing it with the YouTube uh perspective because she is a YouTuber. But Natalie, or ContraPoints, um, does a really good job of kind of humanizing the topic to a YouTube audience because she talks about James Charles a lot. We're not a drama channel, but like James Charles, Tati Westbrook, Shane Dawson, Jeffree Star. I think the algorithm has now just flagged our account for drama because I said all their names because yeah. algorithms. I don't, you I don't know any of them. I don't know any of them. I know James Charles, I think, because you uh -huh. showed me the video, mm -hmm. but I don't think any of these people were on Drag Race. So, uh, mm. Tatiana was, right? Oh, I don't know about Tati Westbrook. Um, oh. But I don't think any of them were on Drag Race. I'm thinking of a different Tatiana. Was, was James Charles on Drag Race? That's RuPaul Charles. Hi, sisters. Um, anyway, so the, part of us getting ready for this class was the fun of me trying to explain YouTube drama to Stefan, um, who doesn't YouTube. Do you watch YouTube? Like, do you watch any YouTubers regularly? 
Besides you, Amp? Oh, good save. Good save. <laughs> um, I actually don't watch YouTube that much except for music videos or... Oh, that's true. Miley Cyrus performances. You are always the first person to find a Billie Eilish or Miley Cyrus video and just text it to me. I will say that. Oh, again, we're going to get to cancel culture eventually. We've still got 40-something minutes, so you're here for the tea. Um, oh, this can be this can be tea. You remember that concert that I forget if it was a birthday gift or if it was just for us to go. I bought tickets to Billie Eilish for us. Yes. Which were fucking ridiculous to get. They were so difficult just to get a pre-sale. I remember you were like ticket. reloading the page the morning. Of. Yeah, it was broken. Anyway, we were successful and got tickets. I was really looking forward to it. I had just shown you who Billie Eilish was at the time. So you were I don't think you were too excited until after you listened to her album. Right. You were kind of new. I was, was. I think you showed me the video of her falling in the tar as an angel. And oh, that, yeah, that yeah, one yeah. really sold All the it good for girls me. go to hell. And then I went back and, and got caught up. And then she became like the James Bond theme person. So Yeah, yeah. And that was, it wasn't a bad song. And then she died of COVID and we couldn't go to her concert. Oh, my God, stop. <laughs> anyway, we were part of the whole Ticketmaster thing. Everyone was complaining about it earlier this year. Uh, they were literally rescheduling that concert every month. They finally gave me my money back. It was worse than the Madonna concert. Oh, oh, oh. Who should not, give, you, not who the should fracking, give us not money the fracking. back? Oh, uh, that, that's a whole. Well, speaking of canceled, Ticketmaster canceled. We're canceling them live here on the podcast that isn't live. But anyway, we got we got the money back. So now we can spend it on something else. Miley Cyrus tickets. Yes, because vaccine. Is a vaccine here yet? Um. Into yes, the microphone. Into the but, mic but I think it's only coming to privileged people right oh, now. Oh, oh, well, or very high risk places apparently, which we're okay with, obviously. High risk. I guess that's a weird place of privilege in a sense. Ooh, maybe is interesting. it? Interesting. I don't know. I would have to see studies around that, but that's a good call out because you didn't. You oh, but you called me out instead of calling it. I know. Cancel amp. No. What? Block oh my and god. Ah, right canceled on my own podcast. Who am I? James Charles. James. No. <laughs> You know what, James Charles, another uh, live scoop that nobody cares about. Uh, James Charles actually did follow me on Twitter at one point and then unfollowed me, I think, because I post a lot about sex and uh, I people don't like that. I mean, we like that. I like it. How much sex would you say you have? Or like, sorry, if it wasn't COVID, like being terrible. Oh, uh, I go through my periods of time where I like have slutty periods and then non-slutty periods. Yeah. Yeah, COVID's kind of... Killed that. Well, I well for everybody, you know you know who needs to get canceled. COVID. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Good job. What? See, I I threw that. You caught it or hit it. We're doing great, guys. How's your head, Amp? I don't have any complaints. <laughs> <laughs> but I did have to think about that for a second. <laughs> anyway, uh, we should just have a RuPaul's Drag Race podcast. Would you listen to that? I would. Well, I wasn't asking you if you would listen to yourself. No. <laughs> I know you would listen to yourself. I was uh, hypothetically asking the audience who's not able to actually answer back. It's this weird bit that we do where we ask questions to people that don't exist. You have to have a bit for a podcast. Like people who go to church? What? Asking questions to things that don't exist. Oh, oh okay. Canceled. Church is canceled. Yeah. We're canceling everything this podcast. Um, no, bits. Like, like, like Big Mouth has a, a running joke of like the period, you know, like that's kind of like a bit. So like it's a running joke or, like or a flowing joke. That good. Good joke. Good joke. Oh, wait, I have a soundboard too. My puns have improved since I've been here last time. True. Well you, yeah, you've, uh, do you listen to podcasts? Like uh, I started to actually. Yeah. Uh -huh. I started listening to a cannabis daily podcast. Oh, uh, Oh, I, I mix that. Cannabis Business Minds I listen to and The Daily, which is like a news one. There's a podcast for everything. Like, literally. There's probably millions of podcasts for Drag Race. Because you're now a huge Didn't drag... Did we go see one with Alaska? Hey, yeah, like Race Chasers. They used Christopher's uh, Ponyhood on the show. Yeah. Remember, remember. that? Mm -hmm. That's the only reason we had tickets. And they couldn't get Trinity to show up. Oh, apparently... Well, I, did we ever find out what happened to Trinity that night? Uh, I think she double booked or just didn't <gasps> want to show up. Rude. But we did get BB. We did. BB was great. BB was lovely. And then we got to see Big Dipper afterwards. And oh yeah, that was awesome. Oh, he's on the podcast next week. Oh, oh shit. Um, <gasps> spoiler. spoiler alert. Oh, you got you got a fresh take here. I, uh, but yeah, Big Dipper will be on. We love Big Dipper. Um, he has a podcast. You listen to it. 
Yeah, he's a fun podcast about like culture. Sometimes they have the they have the RuPaul girls on every once in a while. I should it's I should fun. listen to more it's podcasts. Fun. Canceled. You don't listen to Big Dipper. Stefan is canceled. Anyway, I feel like we should talk a bit more about cancel culture and less about our interest in RuPaul's Drag Race. But if you want a RuPaul's Drag Race podcast, just tweet at us nonstop because that's how cancel culture works. Did you see that segue? So I, I think it's important when you talk about cancel culture to talk about the history and like where it kind of came from. So originally cancel culture was, at least the internet says, um, it was started in reference for the first time in 2014 during an episode of VH1's Love and Hip Hop New York. Did you ever watch it? I, I didn't. I, I have not. Okay. But uh, apparently Cisco Rosado, who was on the show, uh, told his then girlfriend, Diamond Strawberry, by the way, Diamond Strawberry, love your name. That sounds like a weed strain. Like oh, I, I want to smoke oh, her. If she doesn't have her own weed, she needs to get her own weed. And if she needs an IP attorney, I can oh, out with oh. that. Well, if she needs an IP attorney, she might not hear him because he's not up on the dick. Oh, sorry, I got to be up on oh, the Oh, there you go. Right in my ear holes. Thank you. Um, anyway, uh, Cisco told his girlfriend, Diamond Strawberry, you're canceled um, after she revealed that she had a daughter, apparently, that he didn't know about. So canceling is usually reprimand or retribution or punishment for something you did or said. And it can be categorized as we found through our studies, two kind of different sorts of canceling. Uh, the first one is like a boycott of something. So we see this when like a Jeffree Star or James Charles does something stupid and people boycott their brand or don't buy their shit, you know? Yeah, it's often uh, like a call out on an unchecked privilege. Yeah. And generally within this first case, you generally don't get the other side of the person that's being canceled because social media is all about numbers. It doesn't matter what you're saying in that 280 characters. If you have hundreds of thousands of likes, you seem to be the right person, you know, just in the public eye. And I think that's what makes cancel culture interesting. And what we're probably going to just dissect is like, do we think it works or not? Is that it? I, I don't know. I don't know. We, we can, we can decide on that at the end of the podcast after we talk a bit more, but like, I don't know if it works because with things like James Charles and Jeffree Star, they're still around, even though they've been canceled. And some people rightfully shouldn't be around because they've said racist things and continue to do bad stuff. But like both of their brands, they were still selling tons and they were in the news. So you kind of meaning like a bad press is still press? Exactly. Kind of yeah. Because we see all these YouTubers that do stupid stuff. Like someone like records a dead body in a forest. They lose subscribers for a minute but then they give a, an apology and like sometimes they bounce back. Sometimes they get even further than they were before as if like doing something illegal sh didn't hurt them, you know? Kind of like a built-in redemption arc. Yeah, or a privilege, for instance. What, a built -in what would your built-in redemption arc be called? Mine personally? Yeah, what, like what would it be called if you had to call it, give it a name? Ooh. Like a chapter in a book. Chapter nine, rising from the dumpster. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> was return chapter was, was was chapter eight dumpster fire? Yes. And then chapter ten will be return of the dumpster fire, maybe. And then the chapter eleven is mm. I feel more like a composer. I can't wait to read this book. It will it be available on this website that you just started? Yes. Which is that was me giving you a oh, plug. Oh, a plug. Yes. Uh Stephanferrislaw.com. Wow. You all should go check that out. See, this is what you if influencers plug things even if they're not doing anything like have you ever seen someone plug something before i've seen yes oh never mind okay anyway <laughs> canceled so that the first one again is that boycott and then the second one is the silencing of or you think someone should be silenced for doing or saying something and it's different because it's not about withdrawing your support but you're actively seeking to stop something and then sometimes you can get a mixture of both you you see that a little bit online yeah so, like, um, what are some prominent cancellations in your mind? Like, for me, the YouTube space is a big one. But what about you? Um, I mean, we saw this with, like, the Me Too movement. Um, oh, yeah, cancel culture kind of started the Me Too movement, wouldn't you say? Um, or it's just very, very similar? Yeah, I would say very similar in okay. the sense. Um, what else have we seen it on? I mean... I, the obvious one I thought for you would be like a Taylor Swift. Oh, they're yeah. <laughs> always bringing it back to Taylor. But it's, it's such an obvious one, though. 
I think we've talked about it so much that it's just like commonplace for me. Oh, that of it course. Just it's just every day. Yeah, because who doesn't love talking about Taylor Swift again? No. Um, but that was just an instance of like she bounced back too, right? Yeah. So uh, and we kind of discussed this in our class. Like Taylor has been on both sides of cancel culture um, in the sense like with her sexual harassment lawsuit. Exactly. Of course. Uh, which was one of the... I believe she sued uh, for a dollar to make her point. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like a big moment kind of during the meeting. And it started a conversation for people too, right? Yeah, it brought attention and started a dialogue. It, it made people inquisitive to want to learn more. And then you see Taylor on the other side of her actually being canceled um, with the Kanye West and Kim Kardashian drama. Yeah. And so obviously I, I the $1 move big dick energy out the door. Like I, I thought that was very, do you think it was classy or just well-played or like, I thought it was very smart because she wasn't trying to bankrupt the person, but she was trying to say something without for oh, which one? The, the $1. The yeah. Because the guy took like a creepy photo and was being creepy with her. Right. Honestly, or I don't even remember sexual the assault details, of some kind, but I do, I don't remember the details, but I do mm. remember like it was for a dollar and she did it basically to kind of embolden people to stand up for themselves. Yeah, which I think is a good kind of cancellation. So so to, to kind of bring some like grounds to the, the conversation, there are instances where I think cancel culture is good and does good things and starts good movements and starts conversations and, and calls people out for their, their bullshit that they've been getting away with sometimes for years, like the Harvey Weinstein mm-hmm. stuff. And so obviously there are some positive instances and so there are some negative instances, but there's also different kinds of canceling that happens or like so for me i look at it as like calling out is one thing and calling in is another thing Mm -hmm. but what would you like what do you think about that sure so there's this notion of cancel culture also being referred to as accountability culture and using uh calling out people as a way to make them accountable for unchecked privilege um or an undesirable action um and that could have very positive social effects uh, as opposed mm-hmm. to just flat out cancel culture, which you may hear people responding who are being held accountable. Oh, it's just cancel culture. And people are just following this mob mentality um, that has more like of a negative aspect to it. Okay. And again, there's, there's definitely instances of both of those being effective, but like the, the accountability in my mind is when, and I can use a personal experience from like the kink scene and just sex education in general instead of getting or maybe i can use this like click clickbait i got canceled no um instead of calling me out or canceling me one time because in a video about butt plugs i think it was we were talking about you know genitals in in certain ways that were not trans inclusive and rightfully rightfully so someone should have called me out for that but it wasn't a call out and like cancellation culture, but it was an accountability thing where the person said, you know, they commented in our, in our comments of the video. Um, Hey, I don't think you meant this to be negative, but this term is very uh, bad for, for like trans people. It's actually uh, exclusionary. We would love if you use this terminology and use these verbs and, and use these nouns and talk about it this way so that everyone kind of feels included. And it's a matter of just, holding someone accountable saying, Hey, I think that you're a good person. I'm going to correct you. And then you let them prove if they were being hateful or not. And since then we've, we've learned to, to use right verbiage and, and just be more inclusive. Um, but we didn't get canceled because people were calling in, they were giving us the benefit of the doubt instead of calling out and being rude. And I think there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack there. Like when do you call, call in versus call out? Right, I think for it you, like in for your me. opinion, um, because there's definitely instances online where I've been like, "Oh, you're terrible and awful," but I don't know that person's history. Right, so I think it's on, depends on context and uh, how well you know the person. Mm-hmm. Um, True, where you're interacting with the person. Um, like I have had people who will message me and they're like, "You're friends with this person on social media, and Ooh. they say these horrible things." Why, why, are, why don't you speak out against this? Or you need to go on their post and say something. Otherwise, you're being complicit in their behavior. Yeah. And one, it's, I, I, whenever I have that situation, I try to assess, do I know this person or not? Two, 
what is my intention? Is my intention to actually like change hearts and minds? I personally don't think like people that go out and comment on strangers post are really changing hearts and minds. You're really only searching to hear like for people to repeat what you're saying or to kind of maybe knock somebody down a notch based on what they're saying. So unless I really know the person, I, I don't feel like reaching out in that sort of way would be effective. Yeah. And it's, I'm, I'm of a few mindsets. Like if you're a, a personality or a YouTuber or influencer, cringe word. Um, I don't like, I don't like that word influencer. It, it also has negative connotations at times. Do you prefer plugger? I would prefer plugger. Yes, I would. Are you a, I'm plugger? a plugger? Do you want to plug something I right plug now? people. <laughs> I'm a pusher, Katie. I push people. I, I'm not Sick pushing. again. Sick again. Ah. Danny DeVito. <laughs> oh, I love him. For all of those people who are not gay enough to function, those were all Mean Girls references. And if you didn't get any of them, I worry about you. Uh, anyway, where were we? Oh, cancel like, culture. Calling in versus calling out and when to do it and kind of thoughts about that. Influencers. I think influencers need to be called out sometimes because we are not perfect. But I think that there needs to be more lax response from like their, their, if the person has a reputation online of being terrible, yeah, they should be called out and canceled. People that might've done something for the first time usually are real good and just might've tripped up because we're not all perfect. I think that's a really important message. I think they should be given the benefit of the doubt. They did not mean to be terrible or do something bad. And we should give people a chance to be better. And then if they continue to be terrible, then we cancel them, you know, or then we say, Hey, that's kind of gross. As far as like people within like a Facebook group, I'm not friends with someone and know all of their ideologies from their photos of their dog. Exactly. Yeah. You, you don't know that story. Like I, I agree with you, like, you know, reach out to somebody, call in, try to have a discussion and a dialogue. And if that behavior continues or then maybe it gets to the point where it's like, Hey, this person's like, knows what they're doing. They knows what intent and impact they're having, and they still continue to choose to act a certain way. Yeah. And you know that when you know the person, but you don't know that when it's some random person on Facebook. True. I, I personally don't like engaging like that in, in situations like that. And if it is somebody I know, I like to chat with them offline or one-on-one. -on -one. I also don't really believe in blocking people. Um, oh yeah, no, I mute. I mute because if you block, you're just causing more drama. Yeah, you block, you're causing more drama. And my thoughts are is like, if you block them, they're not seeing your content and it further puts them in their own echo chamber. Ooh, I love this conversation. Keep going. So like, if you still remain friends with them, you don't have to agree with them, but it's like, they're going to see your point of view on their feed and it's at least going to offer a different perspective to them. So maybe in the future or over time, after being exposed to a broader perspective, their viewpoints will change. If you immediately just block somebody then you're denying access to your perspective to them. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and that's, I mean, that and also by by blocking someone, you send a message and it's generally, I don't like you or I disagree with you, which causes even more upset and drama. That's why I always mute. Like, I, I'm always going to try on, on social media. I'm the type that like asks someone why, like if they think that they're right and I'm wrong, I'm just like, hey, I'm not trying to start a fight because on social media, all people always think you're trying to start a fight by just responding. But I, I always try to like, Hey, I'm not starting a fight. I'm curious why you think this way or why you're saying this thing that is maybe transphobic because I don't think you're right. Um, and then they usually show their cards by how they respond, um, by their grammar. And if they like do all caps or not, no. Um, but I, I, I'm the type of likes to have a conversation with someone if I think they mean well, or they just don't know that they were terrible. Yeah, I mean... Would you say you're more optimistic or pessimistic? I guess I'm more pessimistic oh. in the sense, like, I like, I don't know, like, the attorney in me likes to really flesh out people's ideas and push, ask a lot of questions to really, I like... the term flesh out, sorry. <laughs> that really, put, that painted a picture for me. Continue. Um, like, I really want to understand, like, the nuances of how somebody thinks. And sometimes asking those, asking a series of questions isn't really received well. It's like, oh, why, why are you questioning my perspective? Why do you, why do I have to put emotional labor into answer these things? And it's, it's you, I don't know. Oftentimes 
there's a general statement and then there's certain like just nuances and little things that like in this, how do you, how does you, your thought process work in one scenario versus how does it work in a different context? Does it change? Do you still have the same understanding in both things? And yeah. Or what if like I provided a perspective in like my 280 characters, which is not probably didn't, but like I'm saying, what if I just said something that made them go, huh? Oh, okay. Yeah. And now maybe you've diffused a situation and also educated and then change and growth might happen. You know, I've, I've definitely seen people that were like homophobic and then they realize that they have like gay friends or gay family. And then they're like, Oh, maybe I should be a decent human to these kinds of people because they're normal humans that deserve human rights and decency. You know, I've had a homophobic family before. I got people that live in Texas. I agree. But at, at the same time too, I think like it's, there's a certain point where maybe just it's better not to engage. Like there's certain family members that have certain mm -hmm. viewpoints and it's like, you know, I, no matter how much we talk about things, like they're not going to change They're things like they're not going to understand anymore. So sometimes it's just better just not to put energy in, which is kind of how I approach most people that I don't know on social media. If they say something controversial, or something like that, I may add my perspective, but I honestly don't feel like engaging sometimes because I don't feel like it's going to be productive. No, that's fair. And that, that's your, that is totally your right to do too. Cause you're, it's not your job to educate everyone on gay issues, but if you have the time, you know, and thank, thank you for the people that like take the time to educate on topics that are specific to them because perspectives are important. And if the person is terrible and toxic and not worth your time, like you should cut them out of your life. You know, like your ball hair. Was that just a subtle way to plug the today's sponsor on the podcast? Absolutely. Today's sponsor is Manscaped. Stefan, do you have Manscaped? Uh, no, I don't have any ball hair. I have like two. So wait, um, what? Yeah, I've always just had naturally smooth balls. Maybe like two scraggly ones. So Stefan is not the ideal Manscaped customer, but do you want to see my duck egg? Not right now. Maybe later. Quack. No. Uh. <laughs> So today's sponsor, Manscaped, um, they actually do make stuff for like facial hair as well. Like you can use the Manscaped on your face. You can use, you they have the ball a, hair on your face. We'll talk later. No, they have a, a weed whacker for your nose and your ear hairs. Do you ever get the ear hairs that are like really annoying and you want to like pull them, but they're painful? No. What type of life do you live, Amp? I have a very hair, hairy body, hairy apparently everywhere that it doesn't matter. I wish I had hair on my chest. I wish I had like hairless balls. It'd be so much easier to do chastity stuff. Oh my God. But you know what? It doesn't matter. I could be a freak because I have Manscaped. <laughs> also, fine. If, if, do you want Manscaped? I have some Manscaped. Stuff. I would love some Manscaped. Okay. We're going to get, we're, you know what? We're going to get the perfect performance package for Stefan so that we can make sure that everything else is hairless, it's including his balls. I'm still very, very confused why your balls are hairless. I think it's because when I was younger, I jerked off with Icy Hot and it maybe affected my blood flow. This is not sack. dead air. I'm actually thinking. Um, no, it burned I, a little bit. Oh, well, I mean. But it felt good. Okay. Well, did you also know that the Weed Whacker, which is, the, again, helps with your nose, uh, is waterproof and uses 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360 rotary dual-blade system? Ooh, that's sexy. Do you smoke it? Thank you. What? You said it's a Weed Whacker. No, well, different weed, um, but it will make you feel good because then you'll look good, too. Uh, anyway. Do you know that 79% of partners also admitted that long nose hair was a major turnoff? I'm that, looking at you, Stefan. That means that 21% of partners find it a turn on. And you're probably turned on by the 21%, honestly. I'm more to the ear hair. Oh, like, I, okay. Like a hairy ear hole. Uh-huh. Oh. Uh, mm -hmm. um, the Perfect Performance Package also comes with the Lawnmower 3.0, my favorite for chastity grooming, uh, but just body grooming in general. And so if you would like to get... <laughs> I love I love their phrasing here. Uh, it's time to turn that gooch into Gucci. <laughs> That's not something I wrote, <laughs> but it is something I'm happy to promote through Manscaped. They also have like ball enhancers and perfumes and toners to like make your balls smell good. But again, not you're not the customer for that. You is like it, is it called Balsachi? No, it's actually called the Crop Preserver, which is a ball deodorant. But I like Balsachi. I like Balsachi. We'll, we'll, we'll email Manscaped. Gucci and Balsachi. Anyway, if you guys want to get the perfect performance package, 20% off, you can use code WATTS20, that's W-A-T-T-S 20 at manscaped.com for 20% off, free shipping, and it's the perfect package 
for the holidays. Speaking of packages. Oh, yeah. You could have a hairless sack for all eight nights of Hanukkah. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> but um, if you haven't canceled us after that ad read, go check out Manscaped. And let's get back to the conversation. Stefan, have you ever been canceled for having hairless balls? That's the real question. No, but I think we're going to find out soon enough. <laughs> and I have two scraggly hair. So just the two? Just the two. Just the two. What do you do? They have hey, names. It's it's they don't have names. Oh, but I I probably have more ball hairs than Harry I and curly cells. maybe. Well, oh oh oh, if you didn't well, we talked about this I think on the first time you're on HIV and just kind of. Why are you telling people my business? Uh, you've canceled. told people your business. <gasps> oh my God! Did I just get canceled? Well, you know what? I didn't go through seven steps, which is seven different tropes of. We're back to the topic of today's. I thought there were 12 steps. No, that's a different program. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sorry. Seven different tropes. 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 Uh, which are like themes or, or metaphors or uh, recurring things that you see within something. So the seven tropes of cancel culture, and again, we took this from uh, ContraPoints and ran with it, um, are as follows. The first being presumption. Now, I know you didn't just presume that I was trying to out you as someone who's HIV positive because everyone already knew that. You but just did it again. <gasps> what? No, I no, I was given permission. We we uh, uh don't cancel me. Um presumption happens in a lot of cancellation, right? Yeah. There there is no presumption of innocence. It's flipped and there's a presumption of yeah. guilt. Yeah. That's such an interesting and fascinating part of cancel culture is like we don't look at all the sides. No, there's like there's one perspective and then there's a call to action that's usually in resulting in canceling or censorship or a boycott. And then oftentimes that action happens. And I think it should be noted that we are not saying that you should not believe victims. I think that victims are it's important to believe victims, obviously, because there is something to be called out in this instance. And there's something being called out for a reason. But that does not mean that we should not see all sides of a topic and try to understand the full picture. Sure. Yeah, no, we I are mean, not saying that at all. That's but, legal yes. stuff, right? That, that That is the basis of law. Yeah, so like in a court of law, you have the plaint the defendant, sorry. And oh the God, plaintiff. You can't talk into it. You're hitting it. I know. I'm I, I can't, you're fine. Is it there? You're fine. <laughs> well, well, pretty much in a court of law, it's like you have one perspective, and then you have a period where you hear and assess evidence, and then there is a judgment based on the evidence of different perspectives. Yeah. In cancel culture, you hear one perspective, you see some evidence, and then there's an automatic call for action or an automatic judgment. And there's usually bias. Yes. Like if you don't like James Charles and you see James Charles getting canceled, you're all over that hashtag, liking all the tweets, like being shady. Where the court of law, you don't like, could you imagine if a judge was like shady liking tweets of someone that they were actively like having to judge? You mean like our president? <gasps> oh, canceled. Oh. Well, the president's canceled. Not you. I, I, I stan you for canceling him. Okay. Which is a whole other. Do you know what stans are? Um, Yes. Those are fans, but they're crazy fans. And I'm assuming oh. <laughs> I'm assuming canceled. it's coming from Eminem's music video, Stan. Is that correct? Oh, uh, I don't think so. So he had a music video called Stan about, it had Dido in it. And it was about a crazy fan that like killed his girlfriend because he was obsessed with Eminem. I was assumed it came from that song, did it not? Um, I'm not a huge Eminem fan. I know, cancel me. Um, let's see. It is a portmanteau of the two portmanteau of two words stalker and fan. So refers to someone who is overly obsessed with a celebrity. That is, that and, is and, and that's what Eminem song is all about and the music video. So I just assumed it was it was birthed from that. Huh. Oh my God, you are right. Am I? I? Oh my God. Uh, the original term Stan is credited to the 2000 song Stan about an obsessed fan by American rapper Eminem. Wow. Look at you fact checking before right, we even. Right. Uh, I was I'm, a huge Dino uh, fan. Uh, what a nerd. Canceled. No, kidding. That's actually really funny. Okay, so that's the first. Sorry, we've only gotten through one step here or one, one trope, uh, which is presumption. Then, and we've kind of talked about this one, abstraction happens after presumption. Yes. Right. And that's where it's just misinterpreted. You go through it. You don't talk about the guilty party, you know, and you don't have a hearing. So we kind of segued into this really nicely. Um, and that person's just terrible because things have been misconstrued. Yeah. It's kind of like telephone 
something like the story changes and the facts change, whereas a, a, something that could be considered a minor infraction becomes a whole character trait. Don't talk about my whole that way. See? Abstraction. No. And then what comes after that, Stefan? Essentialism. Ooh. What what's that mean? For for the for the layman. <laughs> um, so that's kind of like it's kind of an extension of abstraction in the sense where the whole person becomes negative. It's not just an action that the person did or a comment that the person said, but the person is inherently bad. Yeah. And then from there, and I think it's always present, trope number four is pseudo-moralism, which is like you are you have to be good or you're always better than the other person who's being canceled. Like my morals, impeccable. Your morals, uh, garbage, you know? Right. Like we're all so like hyperbolic about morality. Yeah, and people... I don't know. People just get a kick out of like feeling that they're doing social justice online by making comments and, and just kind of virtual signaling by, by knocking somebody down by having a, a lesser moral standpoint. True. Or, or what they view True. that society, society should think as a lesser moral standpoint. Yeah. And then in that, like, again, it's going to, we don't give people the option of being like a human who could learn and be better. We just think that they're terrible and they can't, they can't attain anything better. Um, that's something that, like we didn't bring this up last time, but there's kind of an expectation that everybody should be a hundred percent perfect at all times. Like, Ooh. like there is no room for growth. Um, which is contrary to like what we learned in like anti-racism training. Like yeah. you're not just going to be anti-racist. It is a constant practice that you do over the course of your life that requires constant education and discussions. You mean I can't just retweet Black Lives Matter once and then I'm like an activist? I, I think if you read that, the book, White Fragility, is, you're done. That is me being sarcastic, I swear to God. I, I am actively anti-racist. In, in, well, actually, we had a really good talk about anti-racism uh, with Preston So. Preston Wex So, do you know uh, MIR Rubber? Oh. No? Oh, I will introduce you. Very big advocate on talking about anti-racism. Um, he, he is an... Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll show you later. Okay. Great guy, great guy. Um, but to your point, sorry, you were, you were saying about being actively anti-racist. Yeah. It's a lot like, that's just one example, but certain topics, there's like an ongoing process where it requires constant keeping up and education and constant mindfulness. Whereas when people say a comment or do an action, they're expected to kind of by society be a hundred percent in a certain place. Like, yeah. No, absolutely. And then to that, like with moralism, there's always that schadenfreude of like, uh, also, did you ever see Avenue Q? Yes. Schadenfreude. Uh, great song. Didn't Avenue Q get canceled? <gasps> oh, no. Did we just get canceled uh, by proxy because we're talking about Avenue Q, which is another trope, actually? Um, the transitive property. That's one of the tropes in this is where if... Amp is friends with Stefan and then Stefan says something bad about someone else and is, you know, terrible and should be canceled. Does that then make Amp a terrible person because he let Stefan on his podcast? Stefan's shaking his head. Yes. yes but do you yes. No. Amp <laughs> that, is a terrible person. Oh hashtag, my God. Hashtag cancel Amp. Wait, no. In this case, you were the terrible person. So we're both terrible. Yes. But you're worse. Oh, why, why am I worse? No. Uh, anyway, transitive property. If A equals B, B equals C, then A also equals C, which is an interesting perspective because then again, you're not getting anyone's backstory if they're B, you know, or A probably knows nothing about C, but now they're equivalent because they happen to have shared people. This goes back to like the Facebook thing kind of too. Yeah. I don't know. You brought in all these numbers and things. It's confusing me. But. A negative B plus or minus is square root of B squared minus 4AC all divided by 2A. There is no limit. Oh, no, oh, no the limit That's does great. not exist. Oh, oh my God. Mean girls. Good callback, though. Um, and you know what? I'm not going to forgive you, which is another trope. What does that mean? No forgiveness. That's that's one of the tropes in, in all of this. So it comes kind of back to the point of, like, people expect it to be perfect. It's like there there is no forgiveness. Like, if there's an, any action taken after, it's... It's, Forgiveness. It's, oh, sorry. <laughs> I, 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 can you <laughs> um, um, it's like if somebody issues an apology or changes their mm. course of action, are they being sincere? Are they only doing it because they were called out? Mm -hmm. Does their new quote unquote enlightened state, is that valid or is it an act? Um, 
it kind of brings up to mind like what is an acceptable and appropriate apology and what is performative. I think to some extent activism in general has a performative element to it. I mean, if you're willing to write a song that's in Hamilton and sing it to try to get forgiveness, I would forgive you. I think that's no. Uh, but the, the question being, yeah, what what crocodile tears? That's a big thing that happens online when people get canceled on YouTube. Never, like what does crocodile tears mean? Um, it means like you know how crocodiles have fit, like real dry skin. Yeah. Like they're not real tears. Like they're like, like Santoro. <gasps> yeah. Uh, without canceling myself. No. Um, yeah. It's people that you you don't trust that they're actually being apologetic. Like they're apologizing. Like Billy Santoro. I mean, you keep saying the name and I'm not going to give an opinion on it, but uh, yes, people that are fake and whining or crying or trying to say sorry for something like we see it on YouTube sometimes. There's like full compilations of some of these beauty gurus that are like f apologizing, but it's like it looks like they're laughing and just making a weird face. To, it's really, real cringy. It's really bad. I'll show you later. Okay, I'm looking forward to that. But then, yeah, no. Some of these people, it's like a, it's like a math problem. If A equals B and B equals C, then C equals apology. No, <laughs> it's they they run through the paces though. That actually does make sense. It reminds me of Fight Club. Hey, you don't, you don't talk about don't fight don't, no you don't talk about that but he was he was explaining his job as an as an insurance person and mm -hmm. when there's car accidents mm -hmm. he evaluates like is the risk of issuing like a formal recall or in this case a formal apology worth the cost i mean i hate to say i agree with you because that's a good analogy but isn't that funny that you can kind of correlate cancel culture to math like that shouldn't be i it's such a weird concept but yeah, if people if people know how to run the pace, like there, case in point, there are full on people to get paid to help with images or like image your image. You know, they help to like, uh, what is it called? When you dilute damage, you know, there's massive resolution. No, no, no. Anyway, massive damage to your reputation. They help. There's people that have jobs where they do damage control. Damage, damage control. control. As I hit Stefan, sorry. Non-consensually. Uh, there's no proof except for the patrons who get this video. Uh, finally, we should do the final trope here, which is dualism or dualism. How would you say that? Dualipa. <laughs> Let's get physical. Copyright claimed, also known as a cancellation of your podcast. <laughs> so in dualism, um, it's very binary. This kind of goes to a morality perspective. Again, you're either good or evil. The yes. light side versus the dark side. Exactly. Like there, there is no room for a spectrum of perceptions. There's one truth is valid and the other is not. There's not the possibility that multiple truths sorry, can sorry. exist at the same time. Luke, I am your daddy. No. Oh, uh, did they ever do like a porn for Star Wars, like a gay porn? They must um, have. There's definitely a straight one. No, but there's got to be a, a gay one to really get a good daddy joke in there. No? No. I'd be down to do it. I mean, has Mormon Boys done like a, a Luke and Darth Vader scene yet? I don't know. I'm kidding. Mormon Boys is like the Mormon are porn. We, are we plugging them too? No, we're not plugging Mormon them. Mormon Boys. Well, $20 off your Mormon oh Boy my God. No, they are not the sponsors of the podcast. Although if they want to be a sponsor, I would, hey, I'll sponsor. If you're paying me and I like what you're offering... I'm not saying I like Mormon boys, but I hope you're offering those cute pajamas. Cute pajamas. They wear cute pajamas. Oh, you're talking about Mormon underwear? Yes. Oh, I've definitely seen that used in kink.com porn before, and the comments were not great. No. They were getting canceled. No. No, probably not fully, but people were canceling them and saying it was inappropriate because it's cultural. People said the same thing when I fucked somebody with a cross for one of my videos. Yeah, no, I could see why. <laughs> That's it's, it's offensive to some people. And cancellation, cancel culture, not to bring it back to the topic, but it's topical. It has a lot to do with your personal perspectives, your morals, your beliefs. And I'm right. You're wrong. Shut up. You know, Eugene from the Try Guys. You don't know what that means. I but don't. Have you ever watched the Try Guys? No. Nope. Like they'll try anything? Yeah. Like they try lingerie. I've seen like a similar check porn site that's like that. I think they give them 20 bucks. The Try Guys Try Porn. I wish. Hey, Try Guys, you guys have a podcast. If you want to try porn, I'll help with that episode. Are they trisexual? They'll try anything that's sexual. <laughs> They're triceratops. 
Triceratops, Ooh. not bottoms, but you're a bottom sometimes. So mostly, yeah. Yeah. Do you have a bio on your website? Sorry, no, I'm not gonna <laughs> cancel. Different website. Different website. Anyway, uh, as far as cancel culture goes, I think a big term that people generally talk about and is very triggering is trigger warnings. Yes. Now, when we did our class, you had opinions on trigger warnings and how that affects how we talk about things. Mm-hmm. Do you want to explain that for me? Sure. So a trigger warning kind of rose uh, to popularity in academia, and it was regarding um, content that has offensive material or material that may cause trauma. Um, an example of this is in certain like coursework, um, content that may have things that would trigger somebody that was sexually assaulted would be <laughs> warned. Um, but it's been brought into to be something on a warning on anything that could be offensive. Sure. Um, and the thing is, is that when, you, when you're, when there's a, a movement to put these trigger warnings in the, it kind of brings more attention to the work and it could have a censoring effect. Cause it's like, why would I use this content that may offend somebody that may cause me drama or hardship when I could use a different thing that doesn't include this. Yeah. And it's a, it's a form of censorship sometimes. And I, I'm not saying censorship is always bad. Um, but censorship is definitely, and I say that because sometimes you have to censor people that may, might not be old enough to have certain conversations or cover topics that are too adult or too complicated for someone who doesn't understand basic math, for instance, a plus B no kidding. Um, the limit does not exist. <laughs> No, but trigger warnings, I think a lot of times it's hard to also know people's triggers because like I'll post something on YouTube and it'll be about like age play, for instance, because this has happened and people are like, there needs to be a trigger warning for people that, you know, had a bad childhood, you know, and that this is triggering for them. And I'm like, I, I, I get that. And I, that is a valid experience and I'm totally I am I am the empathetic type. Like I feel bad when I make someone feel uncomfortable unless they're my friend and then I try to make them uncomfortable. No. <laughs> so like I feel bad in that kind of instance, but how do I, how do I save everyone from triggers? Is that possible? No, but I mean, I think, I think that's the point is like when people try to censor something, they're trying to save people from triggers and it and people miss out on the content context. Yeah. Uh, a good example of this is Gone with the Wind. Uh, Gone with the Wind uh, this summer um, was, I believe, pulled from some streaming websites mm-hmm. um, based on the racial prejudice and violence and misogyny and a bunch of different things. And the thing is, is that, yes, it does include all of those things, but if you remove it and censor it, mm-hmm. you're also depriving the audience of like seeing the first um african-american oscar winner yeah yeah no it it's absolutely fair and again i'm not saying yay or nay for it cancellation and and censorship in this regard but like the conversations need to be able to happen still and i think that's the biggest takeaway is like context is important uh like the person's intent is important or or the in this case the art the, the form of art intent is important um and the conversations that can be had i think an interesting kind of parallel is thinking about movie ratings um Hmm. like a movie rating will kind of is a trigger warning kind of telling you the range of content that's acceptable or what will be in it yeah and if you think about it like ratings are censorship yeah if you want a mainstream movie you're not going to go for the r rating you're probably going to go for the more pg-13 because it's more palatable to a wider audience or the triple x i mean whichever or, yeah I'm kidding 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 but it's like the general public but if you think of trigger warnings as placing more and more ideas and content into that r category yes people will have the warning before they see it and they'll watch it but in the larger scheme of things people aren't going to gravitate towards that content for a wider audience because they know it could be offensive Sure. So it's by default going to limit the audience's reach. Well, oh, that's interesting. Because then when you categorize things like that too, you also confine the the content. Like what comes after trip? Like what comes after X ratings? Yeah. Like is there something that'll come after an X rating? Triple X. 
like a VRX rating. I don't know. Like don't know. when like VR comes along, maybe that's more offensive because you can see everything. No, <laughs> no, but you know what I mean, right? Like there's nothing below what Y seven is. What's the lowest rating for something? What do you mean? Like uh, for TV, G is not the lowest. Isn't there something lower than G? Oh, I thought G was the lowest. Is it? I don't know. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Like we we don't have a concept of what could be under G or above like an X rating sort of thing. Right. And it evol it evolves over time. Like originally it was just G, I believe PG and R. And now and what then PG PG thirteen evolved over time after there was a like a middle area sure. described. But kind of bringing it back to the topic, like trigger warnings happen on like they evolved from college campuses and mm. college campuses are supposed to be an area where people go to be exposed to a variety of viewpoints. Um, and if people don't want to be exposed to the content with the trigger warning, then they won't be exposed. Yeah. And then with that, like political correctness was a big thing that we kind of talked about as well. Like you should be politically correct that and again, context being topical to conversation, mm -hmm. knowing your audience is also really important when you're talking about things that might be sensitive. Um, and also knowing how your tone and all of that comes across, like don't come into a, a conversation about like cancel culture and try to be funny. Right. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You can be funny. I'm trying. You're so funny. You're so funny. Ha ha ha. Wait, wait. Our live, live, live studio audience. No, I'm kidding. Um, did you have anything on political correctness? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, when we were doing the research for this class, I was reading that political correctness kind of evolved in the 80s and 90s. That was a way to kind of restrict speech and kind of correct for hate speech aimed at marginalized groups. Uh, and that generally had a very positive effect. Um, however, modern political correctness is more centered on the individual, not kind of what ideas are acceptable but on the, the individual being protected from harmful or offensive ideas. With mm. harmful or offensive ideas being very abstract. Like us talking about sex or fisting could be a <gasps> harmful or offensive idea you. to somebody. Triggered. It is to YouTube. My butt is okay. triggered. Is no. it? No. <laughs> is it time for another plug? Uh, no, we've, we've plugged all the sponsors already. Um, Butttrigger.com. That would be actually it, be that good. wouldn't be a bad name for a website. That maybe that'll be your next website. <laughs> Butttrigger. <laughs> what would Butttrigger offer people? I want to know now. I think it would be a lube shooter. Ooh. Shaped like a gun, and it would just <gasps> shoot the lube up your butt. Oh my god! It would do so well in the middle of America. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Um. And Stefan, I don't want to, I'm not trying to chase you off the podcast. I'm just trying to save my own ear. We are getting near the tail end. So I want to, I want to kind of speed read through any other topics from our, our big brain thinking over cancel culture. But I want to end with what your final thoughts are, sure. opinions, if you think they're good or bad cancel culture, like where do you stand and all that? And then I'll do the same, but I want you to go first so that you can get canceled before I do. <laughs> kidding, 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 kidding. No, what do you think? Um... I think that cancel culture could be used as a tool for good or bad. I think it started out as a tool for good, but I think after people have seen the success of it, I think there's a lot of room for it to be abused. Um, oh, and the clout. We didn't even talk about clout, but clout's a big thing. Well, t tell us about clout. Do you know what clout is? Do you have to go to the clinic for that? <laughs> yes, there's, a, there's absolutely a sh No. Uh, so clout is like, when you call someone out and then you get real popular because of it. Oh that's yeah. That's clout. You get like little like social media points for that. Correct. So I'm saying like that's bad generally, but it can be entertaining and that's the typical part. Anyway, so you think it's good, bad, both is what you're saying. I think it started off as a good thing. I don't really see it as a good thing anymore because I don't think that people are thinking critically about things. Um, for example, just within like the last two weeks, uh, I posted a meme that was vote Trump for the Georgia Senate. Oh. And it had his logo that was like photoshopped and edited. People and, are already canceling you in the comments, but oh, yeah. explain why. Yeah. So people just auto, they see, they see, uh, a Trump logo and they don't see any context. They don't read anything about it. Mm -hmm. They don't know if I'm being serious, if it's satire, if I'm making a joke or whatever. And some people just, just their initial gut response was, 
oh, like unfollowed, unfriended, or there was just an immediate like knee-jerk response. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people just kind of act on those emotional responses without looking into things, and I think that's dangerous. Like, But what if they're triggered? See, this is complicated. But I totally agree with you because I I know who you are. I know your level of troll mm-hmm. and how you troll people online. And so I see that, and I'm immediately I'm like, I see the Trump logo. He's joking about something, obviously, because I know that you're not a Trump supporter. But people that follow you for your butt pick. Um, I'm butt triggered now. <gasps> canceled. Uh, but people that follow you because they think you're attractive, you are, uh, wouldn't maybe know that because they maybe they f- used to follow a bunch of Republicans and found that out. And now they unfollow all of them, you know. I just I, I don't I think people kind of take the easy route out and like want to like show their values online and they do it kind of at the expense of critical thinking. Ooh, good, good, good words. I like, I like the way you put that. Um, because thinking is very different from critical thinking. And I think I'm right there with you with the pros and cons, obviously like me too movements, black Lives matter. Like those are important things that happened because we were canceling something that was bad. But I think that there's also like, for instance, we say for the internet people, like the James Charles cancellation was, it was meant to be like stopping someone who was being accused of being a sexual predator, but there was so much escalation and uncertainty. We didn't listen to James's side. And then a year later, we're finding out that it was all orchestrated by someone behind the scenes to cancel James. Like the jumping the gun there could, like if James didn't have a good support group or, or people around him, that could have ended badly. Mm-hmm. It's emotional to get canceled. Like... I can't imagine because when I make someone feel bad on the internet for my own personal content that I make, I feel terrible. If a hundreds of thousands of people were attacking me because I disappointed them, oh my God, the pressure. And then I think it comes into kind of where you stand in society. If you if you have the resources mm-hmm. to rebound from that, great. Like if you're a rich celebrity that could take on the hate and still have your income, great. But some people are canceled. They lose their job. Yeah. They lose their social status. They lose opportunities. They uh, lose the microphone in their neck. I, I keep doing that. It's okay. If you can't hear Stefan, this podcast, just imagine he's like, he's kind of like in the corner. He's, he's, oh, oh. Watching oh, you kiss her. Oh. See, I can't even hear that because you're like. That's because my singing is horrible. <laughs> so what was the topic today? Cancel culture. Cancel culture. Cancel. If you didn't know that after an hour plus of us talking about it. Oof, you weren't paying attention. Or you were just so lost in Stefan's sultry voice. Right, Stefan? Oh, no, that's not. No, that's <laughs> licking. No, no, no. Give him some good noise. Ugh. Do you have a pickle? That's not good. Oh, I hate I hate people that eat pickles into microphones. Oh, that I get the bad ASMR tingles. Do you know what that is? No. You know that like tingly? Yeah. Like when you get that from hearing things. Oh, like nails on a chalkboard? <gasps> ooh, ooh, ooh. Ah. <laughs> Okay, with that, Stefan, um, this is a fun conversation. I enjoy deconstructing it, talking about it. There's still like probably 10 slides that we didn't even go into in like our topic. So maybe we'll have Cancel Culture Part 2, Electric Boogaloo or something. Ooh, I like that name. <laughs> That'll be our 102 class for Cancel Culture. We're not saying, so I feel like we need to end with a disclaimer of some kind, a disclaimer song, if you will. So we're canceled. No, kidding. Yeah. Well, when we when we were teaching the class, we wanted to make it very clear that we weren't really taking a side in specific context. So sure. none of what we're saying should be construed as us taking one side or other in specific context. I think what we're trying, the point of us getting together and doing the class and doing this podcast was to bring awareness around critical thinking and to kind of stop having knee-jerk emotional responses, reactions, and having a response to things. Yeah, we want an elbow jerk, not a knee jerk. Yeah. Different, different part of the button. No, agreed. And I thought that it was um, especially interesting because your perspective from like the lawyery side and the law side, and then my perspective kind of from more social media, actively involved in that kind of culture, not cancel culture, but like the culture where public opinion is so prominent and important. It's almost like a currency in a way, I think is, is a good way to put it. I think that the two of us talking about it and kind of dancing around the topic literally is interesting. He says to his podcast listeners, I'm not trying to say I'm important, but I'm just saying the conversation is really interesting for me. 
Yeah. If not, tell us in the comments. Tell us how much you yeah, paid cancel us. us. Just c cancel me, daddy. Oh, that, that'd be a good shirt. Ooh. Cancel me, daddy. <laughs> I'd cancel me so hard. Available now on safewordshop.com. Anyway, uh, I feel like that's a good plug to stop with. Oh, if you want to check us out, Stefan, where can people find you, your opinions, your butt pics? It's not butttrigger.com, but that may be. That's a great name, though. That may be my new one. If you don't take that URL right now, I'm going to do it and just sell shirts that say butt trigger on them. Um, so you could find me at stephanferrislaw.com or on Twitter at bluebaileyxxx. Nice. Ooh, that's good. Go follow. And then you guys know where to find me, Pup Amp, most places. Um, but thank you for listening to today's episode. It was definitely an insightful conversation. I appreciate you and your brain, Stefan. Uh, and and I, your hairless balls. And my hair. Hey, I got two hairs. I mean, and your two hairs. Uh light hair i don't know how to describe balls that only have two hairs scraggly it, oh 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 okay and um i i've puppy this has been what's your safe word you know where to find us on the youtubes and we will see you guys tomorrow oh no no this is a weekly podcast <laughs> we will we, see you next week oh now you found the microphone <laughs> we will talk to you guys later bye bye i love, I love that you found the microphone at the end of the podcast no, no, go ahead. It's there, right here. Should we start again? No. No. <laughs> you could fix this all on post, right? I'm going to fix something after this. Can you edit in? I'm like going to get my manscaped and post? I'm just going to fix you. <laughs> just chop them off. We're doing a bris. A what? Everything, 10% off. Oh, my God. <laughs> Cut. <laughs>